Hello, it's Bobby Richards, producer of the Business Made Simple podcast. Before we begin the third part of our Hero on a Mission limited series, I'm excited to announce that when you order Hero on a Mission on Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, honestly, wherever you buy books, it acts as your ticket to our upcoming Hero on a Mission live event. It's all happening on January 27th. You don't want to miss this because Donald Miller will be personally walking you through how to create your life plan and morning ritual so you can experience a deep sense of meaning every day. Just go to heroonamission.com slash live. That's heroonamission.com slash live and register using your receipt number to guarantee your spot. We can't wait for you to join us for this live event on January 27th as you continue your journey to becoming a hero on a mission. Whether we like it or not, the lives we live are stories, and living a meaning-filled story does not happen by accident. In fact, living a good story is a lot like writing one. Unless you put in the work to write a good story, you may find you have lost the plot in your own life. You find yourself feeling restless, feeling bored, feeling hopeless. If you feel like you've lost the plot in your life, then this six-part limited series called Hero on a Mission, based on my book, Hero on a Mission, is just for you. Your business, your relationships, your story needs to flow out of something. It needs a plot. If you've ever thought or wondered if life is meaningless, I want to convince you that it is not. There is, in fact, meaning in life, and there can be an experience of meaning for you. But only, only if you take control of your own story. I'm Donald Miller, and I want to welcome you to this limited series brought to you by Business Made Simple, all about becoming a hero on a mission. All right, this week's episode is about the importance of a morning ritual. I was not a morning ritual guy for years and years and years because I thought it was just sort of um, hoo-ha-y. Is hoo-ha-y a word? It should be. I thought it was sort of fluffy. It was sort of uh, new agey, all that kind of stuff. Now that I'm older, I realize there's a lot of truthful elements to just getting centered and not only that, but the since I started a morning ritual, my life has dramatically improved. And uh, so I, what I thought I'd do on this episode is tell you what's in my morning ritual. And I, it's all in the book, Hero on a Mission. So if you get the book, you you it teaches you to do a morning ritual that, that uh, centers you. It's the one that I've been doing for 10 plus years. In fact, did it this morning. But what it does is it, it gets me centered and clear Immediately, it takes about 15 minutes, and immediately after I do my 15-minute ritual, I know what my story is about, I know what my role is in life, and I know what I'm supposed to do that day. That's really how it serves me. Because here's the reality. Our stories get hijacked. I mean, you, you're, you know, you're, you're plotting along. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great dad. You're going to run your company. You're going to build this. You're going to build that. And all of a sudden, you get a call. And so-and-so is putting together a trip to France with a famous chef. Now, there's, you know, there's some benefit to that because going to France with a chef sounds really, really fun. The only problem is if you don't have a standard with which to compare your life to, that is, you've put together a standard, this is what I want my life to look like, 
and now you look at your life now and see how far it is off or on the standard, then your life is ultimately directionless and, and, and it's going to be directed by outside forces. So at least when you have a morning ritual, you say, well, you know, I was so excited about that trip to France yesterday, but now that I read my morning ritual and I go through it, I realize that is not what my spouse and I want to do. We have to say no to really good things in order to make a better thing happen. Or we have to say, man, we, you know, when we wrote this down, we didn't know we were going to be able to go to France with a chef. I think we should adjust our morning ritual. Let me go back and see if we should adjust the standard, which takes a little bit of time and there's a process to it, that keeps you from constantly getting hijacked. That's what I mean. And what happens when our story gets hijacked? It means that our story becomes a story about everything. And a story about everything might as well be a story about nothing. And I think that's where most people live. Their story is just hijacked every day by their schedule, by corporations that are selling them things, by opportunities, by insecurities, by needs. They are not really in control of their story. Okay, so the first thing that you need to do in order to have a morning ritual, or at least to, to use my morning ritual, is to go ahead and create your life plan. Because in your, in your morning ritual, you're going to review statements that you made about where you want your life to go. And then you're going to make sure that you're sort of in line with that every day. I think it's one of the reasons people you know, give up on their goals or you know, they look back five years later and nothing has happened. It's because they didn't set a goal and then go ahead and review it all the time to make sure that they weren't getting hijacked. So, you know, the, the big document that you will, that you want to review in your morning ritual is your life plan. And your life plan, if you use the Hero on a Mission life plan, it's all in the book, is your eulogy, 10-year, 5-year, 1-year worksheet, your goal worksheets, and then your daily planner pages. Th those are the things that you want to review in your morning ritual. This is everything I, I talk about basically it, it, it borrows from the elements of story, ancient story structure, plus the disciplines of writing stories. And I use that as a metaphor for how we can live a better life. When a writer sits down to write a novel, they say no way more than they say yes. What I mean by that is when you decide that your book is about X and a great scene comes to your mind that's going to be super interesting and super fun, but it doesn't really serve the plot of the story. You have to decide not to put that scene in the story because it will ruin the story. Now, you can separate it and you can say, that's a great scene. It's going to go in my next novel. In fact, I'm, going to, I'm just going to you know, reverse engineer the entire, entire novel around that scene. That's fine. But if you have a story that is about a dog that is lost and trying to make its way back home, and you've got this great scene about a chef who's trying to start up a restaurant, you got the, a great scene in the wrong story. You've got to make that story about that. So what happens when we wake up in the middle of a life that keeps getting hijacked by great scenes is you feel this incredible sense of futility. You feel a sense of hopelessness. You feel a sense of inner confusion. Why? Because your story is going in too many directions and doesn't seem to have a unifying plot. So you create your life plan to create your unifying plot. And then you actually go through your morning ritual as a way of staying disciplined to it. Because the reality is you will actually forget what your story is about within 24 hours. <laughs> you just will. You'll forget what it is about. And clarity uh, is everything. The only way we make decisions about what stays out of our story is if we are clear about what our story is about. And you've got to remind yourself as many mornings as possible. 
we had a long weekend in which family was in town. I took a day off, so we had a we have I took two days off, so we had a four day weekend. Family was in town. I didn't do my morning ritual any of those days. By this morning, uh, after having four days off, I was a little bit confused about what my priorities was. It it were it happens that fast. So I sat down. And I did my morning ritual, which I'll explain here in a second. And by the end of it was completely grounded, was excited about where my, my life is going over the next one to two years, and was able to make better decisions about what my day was going to look like. In fact, my week and my month was going to look like. So your eulogy. Now, Hero on a Mission is going to guide you through the process of writing your eulogy. Uh, and we talked about it in the last episode, the episode about death. You've got to process the idea that you're not going to be here for very long. You've got to go the, to the end, the actual literal end of your earthly story, and just write a vision for what it's going to have looked like. That is your vision statement. Now that you know the end of your story, you know where to head. So when I read my eulogy, I know that Don wants to run one of the more helpful small business coaching programs in the history of the world, let's just say. I mean, a really, really good one. Uh, so I know that if anything I'm working on that that adds to that happening, it's going to be really great. I know that Don wants to be a father who was present for Emmeline and any future kids that come along. That means when I get the call saying, hey, you know, they want you to just got this call, want you to fly to Palm Beach. Really great opportunity. Looked at that opportunity and went, that is, in fact, a fantastic opportunity. And I would love to be with those people in Palm Beach doing this stuff. But Don wants to be somebody who is ever present for his kids. And so the time I'm allowed to fly or allow myself to fly uh, is limited. I have to make those sacrifices in order to make that story come true. So you see how just reading my eulogy creates a decision-making filter. Now, once I read my eulogy, I actually read three more pages. That's one page. Then I read my 10-year, five-year, and one-year vision worksheets. That are three separate worksheets. It, they talk about where I want to be 10 years from now, which is one-third of the way to my eulogy. I'm 50 years old. I hope to make it to 80. Uh, 78.5 is the average American. I want to beat the average. Now, I can go to 90. I can go to 100. I don't know, but I'm not going to get all you know, delusional about it. I, I literally ate a bag of Cheetos today, so we're not talking about... You know, I mean, I'm a normal guy. I get some exercise. I eat decently. Uh, 80s about it. That is 10 years from now is one third to my eulogy being true. Isn't that weird? Weird. Your story's going to end. And you don't get to come back and tell people how it works when you die. You don't, nobody gets to do that. So that, even though, is a little too far out for me to you know, steer my ship accurately. I like that it gives me, you know, the way golfers kind of line up a putt. If you have a really long 30-foot putt, you want to find something about a foot ahead of you, something about 10 feet and something about 15 feet ahead of you. You want to roll over those little marks in the green that maybe you wrote in your mind on the way to the hole. Your eulogy is the hole. You're going to roll over your one, 10, and five-year worksheets. What do they include? They include uh, subplots. Uh, what are you going to do in your career? What's the story of your career look like 10 years from now? What does the story of your health look like 10 years from now? What does the story of your family look like 10 years from now? What does your spiritual story look like 10 years from now? Well, you know, and you write a little description of those things, and, you, and it gives you something to roll toward. Again, all of this is just a decision-making filter that gives you clarity so you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. I, I go through those worksheets, 10, 5, and 1 year. By the time you get to the 1 year, 
you're realizing we got to take action on this right now. I mean, we got to go. We got 12 months and that's expiring all the time. So you got 11 months, 10 months, nine months, eight months, you know, seven months until you redo your, your worksheets to get this stuff done. The next thing that you want to review is your goal worksheets. So one of my goals right now is to lose about 12 pounds. So I, I'll look at that, say, once a week or something and check off the appropriate boxes. There's, there's that. That's a part of it, too. But mostly it's my eulogy, my overall story, 10-year, 5-year, 1-year vision, sometimes the goal worksheet, and then the daily planner. And the daily planner page has a series of questions. Questions are, what is, what is your primary task versus your secondary task? What do you really need to work on versus what can wait? Questions like, what am I grateful for today? Uh, when you highlight what you're grateful for or name it and acknowledge it you, you, you do a lot more than get into a better mood. It decreases the chance that you're going to procrastinate because procrastinators tend to think that the day is shot if they do anything hard, where people who don't procrastinate know that every day is a mixed bag. You got to do hard things. You got to do things that you're grateful for. So when you list things that you're grateful for, automatically unlocks this place in your brain where you say, today's not all bad, so I can get some work done. But that daily planner I've used for 10 plus years, and I've gotten more done from 40 years old to 50 years old than I did from zero years old to 40 years old. There is no question. I probably have gotten five times as much done. And a lot of that is because I start every day that I do my morning ritual, I start that ritual very, very centered. So if you don't have a morning ritual, you need one. If you want to stay, if you want to understand your story and stay on track and not lose the plot of your story, you need a morning ritual. You know, when you're watching a movie and you don't like it, it's probably because they lost the plot. All right, I'm going to get, I'm going to get emails on this. Betsy and I rented the movie Spencer. Kristen Stewart plays Princess Di. Now, let me just say this. Kristen Stewart nailed it. I, I mean, she was really, really good. Um, we made it 20 minutes into the movie and then started fast forwarding through parts. And my wife said, do we want to quit now? <laughs> and we agreed. Is it a good movie? I mean, it's, a, it's an art piece. It's a, it's a movie about Princess Di who goes to Christmas vacation with the rest of the royal family. And supposedly, that's a, it was about a year before Princess Di broke up with Prince Charles and they ended their wedding. What happened was the, the movie never defined what she wanted. The movie never defined the challenge that she had to overcome to get what she wanted. Don't get me wrong. It, I think Princess Diana's story is fascinating. That's why we rented the movie. We thought it was going to be fascinating. But the story wasn't interesting because it lost the plot. Does, so here's my question. Does your life feel that way? You know, does it feel like, like eerie violin music could be played as you walk around in your life. If it does, it just doesn't have to feel that way. It can actually feel very interesting very, very quickly. The key is to create your life plan. And when you do that, you have an enormous amount of clarity, but then you got to defend it and you got to stay inside of that story so you don't lose the plot. I love geeking out on this stuff. I love thinking about what it takes to live a better story, what it takes to uh, have a deep, meaningful experience. Next week, I want to talk about seeing yourself as a victim. Before we go there, I'll tell you this. I see myself as a victim all the time. I really do. Almost every day, I see myself as a victim. That said, I see myself as a victim much, much less than I ever have before in my life. And because I see myself as a victim less, my life just gets better and better. It is not all or nothing. You don't, you don't either see yourself as a hero, a victim, a villain, or a guide. 
you see all four, you, you identify as all four every day. I want to talk next week about how you actually identify the fact that you're seeing yourself as a victim, what it's costing you, and what to do about it, right? So after we decide what our story is and we stay disciplined to that story by doing a morning ritual, we got to ask ourselves, what character am I playing in that story? So pay attention. It's going to be good. Thanks for joining me for this six-part series in which I coach you on how to experience a meaningful life. By the end of it, I believe we will all be living as heroes in our own story. And that is going to be a relief. No more restlessness. No more boredom. We'll see you next week. I'm in a stage, it away. I need a change. Feels like someone be there.